Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. It's Monday, so you know what happened. That means there was a big day of sports yesterday. And we have our sports guy, Michael Tillery, who's written for Anscape and written for Sports Skeeter and several other publications. He's here with us today to talk about everything going on in the sports world. Good morning, Michael. We sigh for woosah. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's a lot of woosah going on. Before we even get to the Eagles, let's do mm-hmm. our black quarterback watch because we've got a couple left of which Jalen Hurts is one of them, but we lost a few in the playoffs. Now, this year we started out with 14 black quarterbacks who started on the first day of the season, an NFL record. Now we lost uh, six in the playoffs and two to injury, Deshaun Watson and Anthony Richardson and uh, Desmond Ritter and Joshua Dobbs. They kind of were back and forth (laughs) this year. Uh, Joshua playing a starting quarterback for two different teams, the Vikings and the Cardinals. And then uh, the playoffs has taken a few out. Among them, most significantly, Russell Wilson, uh, Geno Smith, Justin Fields, and Bryce Young all gone. So overall, how did the black quarterbacks do this year? I think that they did well. You know, it was 11 last year, which was also a record. You know, so it exponentially seems to, you know, rise and rise at the, the opportunities for these black quarterbacks. We got Michael Penning Jr. We might have 11 or 10 or 11 quarterbacks drafted in the first round this year, and the majority of them are black. Mm. I think that the, the the NFL this year was was it's in an upheaval because we had 68 backup quarterbacks play this year, you know? So th- that's also a record. You know, I don't know if that's shoddy offensive line play and lack of talent or what have you, but these stalwarts at the quarterback position that happen to be black are, are doing big things, and there's a bunch of them coming. Well, out of the ones that we have left, I would say the top tier, uh, maybe Jalen's in the top tier. I would say maybe he's in the B tier right now. But in the A tier, we have Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes all left. Who do you think has the best shot of uh, holding up that Lombardi trophy this year? It it, it definitively that definitively looks like the Baltimore Ravens, given their balance on offense and defense, you know, that they're able to protect, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson. He's able to shift and, you know, if, if the defense is in a man on man, you know, he's running down the field for, for long games, you know, defensively, they, it's, you don't score on them, you know, um, they lead the league in defensive, you know, scoring and, uh, Baltimore just looks like a sound team right now in an NFL that looks wide open. So it looks it looks probably if we were looking at it right now, Ravens, 49ers and the Super Bowl. That's what I'm thinking. And if I had to put those two quarterbacks up against the other, I would go with Lamar. But I know that, of course, Purdy has his fans as well. But in these middle rounds, there seemed to be a lot of potential for upset. And that's where Jordan Love could come in. C.J. Stroud could come in. There's so many different scenarios about the way this season could play out. But do you think at the end of the day it will be the Ravens and the 49ers? I think that there will be upsets. Like we have to watch what C.J. Stroud does against, you know, a, a, a Browns team that is not does not have their starting quarterback. Joe Flacco was playing great ball, but he's not the starter. So <laughs> right. you never know if they put pressure in his face. 
Um, I, I do think that it will be the, the Ravens and the 49ers moving forward just based on their balance and, and prowess with their offense and defense. I would go with Lamar Jackson if that does happen, given that he's a more talented player. But Lamar looks good, but he's only won one playoff game in his six years in the league. So that's something to look forward to, because if he don't win another playoff game, his legacy definitely, even if he wins the MVP, it looks a little shaky because the playoffs is obviously the way that you get to the Super Bowl. And if he doesn't, then it's not going to look good for him in terms of what people are going to say about his career. To, to me, a little bit revisionist, though, you know, Lamar Jackson has lacked offensive weapons you know when he was a rookie he went six and one and rushed for like 600 yards and lost to a san diego team led by anthony lynn who knew how to defend a, a, a team leader who does not have weapons now they like, went out odell beckham you know zay flowers is playing well uh, and rashad bateman is, is finally getting to his development so that's the reason why you see the extension, you know, just like with uh, Josh Allen, you know, what Stefan Diggs came to the fore, his career took off. So quarterbacks need weapons. Right. Well, that's true. And then, of course, weapons need quarterbacks, as we've seen so much throughout this season. That has all uh, already caused a few casualties just this morning among the NFL coaching ranks as Ron Rivera was dismissed from his position, as was Arthur Smith of the Falcons. So we do have some black coaches left very uh, uh, happily. We've got D'Amico Ryans of the Texans and... The Teflon Tom, <laughs> Mike Tomlin, who is, he is never going to have a losing season. I don't care what happens. I don't care who he has to put out there at quarterback. I don't care. He might just have to go play quarterback himself at this point, but he's going to make sure he does not have a losing season. He has the longest streak, I believe, among active coaches, unless Be maybe Belichick has uh, one, or, one or two more. But uh, what do you think about Mike Tomlin making the playoffs this year with the Steelers and Mason Rudolph at the quarterback position. I mean, obviously, there's a connection with me, Mike Tillery, Mike Tomlin. You know, so when they call him Mike T, you know, I hear my name. Right, right. I, I call Mike Tomlin James Evans. Okay. He is doing something that is just unprecedented in terms of how he gets his locker room in shape. Like, just like James Evans would do in the Evans household, he would make sure that those, those kids did not talk <laughs> back and did what they were supposed to be doing. Mike right. Tomlin seems to have that authority over his locker room and his organization to be, you know, one of three coaches in 50 years is remarkable to not have a losing season. The 17 is, is incredible. And nobody can say that even Bill Belichick, I, as you see here, which is four and 13 record this year uh, with the Patriots. Mike Tomlin just seems to be that soul model, as I call them, that it, it seems to just be the consistency that that organization has showed. And it's something that I think we in Philadelphia need to look at much mm. more closely in terms of their consistency of their organization. They find someone, they fight through it, even if they're losing in, in, in an adverse way, and they come out as winners. Well, I saw Pittsburgh Steelers fans calling for his head, but I mean, this is a guy whose best quarterback in the last decade or so has been Ben Roethlisberger, and Roethlisberger was far past his heyday after uh, they won that Super Bowl years back. 
Uh, Mike McDaniel, we got to put him in there in the ranks of black coaches. But the question I have for you in the coaching ranks is Kevin Stefanski, who has made it to the playoffs with uh, a patchwork group of quarterbacks, or D'Amico Ryans, who did the best in using his young, obviously talented quarterback. Who do you think is going to emerge as the winner? Objectively, I have to say that is D'Amico Ryans because Cleveland has arguably the best defense in the league. Mm. They, have, they have a defensive player of the year candidate in Miles Garrett. You know, their their back end is strong. Their linebackers are strong. You know, I, I would say that it's the Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, and then the 49ers in terms of uh, defensive ranking. So he has that defense to rely on. So all you got to do is plug and play the quarterback and run the ball and find the receivers open when that running game wears down. Yeah, still, though, four different quarterbacks making all of them work. I think you got to give it to Stefanski for finding a way out of no way, uh, which a lot of people that lost their quarterbacks could not do. Now, let's get to the big elephant, the big eagle in the room. What in the world has happened to the Eagles? You know, in covering sports, and being in locker rooms over the last 20 years, you, you kind of feel the soul and the spirit of what's going on within. In my opinion, besides what is going on with the, the much maligned coaches, offensive and defensive coordinators, something has happened in that locker room. Something has happened. I, I can't speculate as to what that is. I'm not seeing the desire, the spirit, the wherewithal, the aggressiveness, the passion, whatever uh, football players in particular need to break and win the next play. I'm not seeing it. I'm not. It, it showed its face last week with the lack of, you know, trying to acquire that Hail Mary ball by the Eagles receivers. Right. It also showed its face when. Uh, America you know, jumped over the line and hit Jalen Hurts in his head and no one came to his defense. Uh. Okay, that that is something that never happens with the offensive line and their quarterback getting hit in his head. So I don't know if, I, I can't speculate. I don't know what's going on in the locker room. Something obviously is going on there. The, the fact that Matt Patricia has Nolan Smith, Hassan Reddick, um, um, uh, Joshua Sweat, all the, the latter two who have had ten plus sacks the last couple of years to to go back in coverage instead of pressuring a backup quarterback is just insanity to me. I don't understand why that was happening in the NFL. Pressure wins over coverage, so if you don't have that pressure, you're going to see guys wide open. And even when he was he was rolling back, you know the coverage for these defensive linemen, they were not covering the flats. And you were seeing uh, Saquon Barkley just wide open. And he would get 20-yard gains and, and touchdowns. It was it was incredible to watch. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, it, it, it feels like this will be a 30 for 30 someday. There will be a documentary on what happened to this team one year after going to the Super Bowl and not just going to the Super Bowl, but really losing the Super Bowl on one play. Let's face it, one right. contested play, a bad call if you ask me and probably 75% of the Eagles fan base. But this team, it just seems like they were kind of struggling and then they hit a patch of 
more tough teams. And then they just started losing. And maybe what happens is is what happens to a lot of us, that once the losses pile up, whether, you know, figuratively or literally in this case, that we start, you know, everyone starts pointing the fingers at everybody else. But, you know, interestingly enough, every player that has been interviewed about this from Jalen to AJ to anybody except maybe Smitty for Jason Kelsey as well has said all good things. And so it's, it's kind of like, are they hiding something? You know, what, what took, what took the fire out of this team? Because that's what's missing. And as you said, here, Jason, uh, uh, poor Jalen Hurts is getting hit in the head and nobody, I mean, we're talking about the Eagles, you know, front line that has been dominant for so many years and they don't even jump in the guy's face. That's kind of crazy. And there, uh, the Matt Patricia allowing a, a New York defense led by, you know, their defense supporting a, a uh, Martindale, Wink Martindale, you know, he was blitzing Jalen Hurts almost every play. There was no adjustments being made on that fourth and three, but Jalen Hurts, you know, unfortunately dislocated his middle finger. It was on a blitz. There was no help. I'm not understanding what went on with this Eagles offensive line. You know, they had three players in the Pro Bowl, you know, yet right. we're seeing right. like this, this, this collapse. That what's going on with the offensive line play against any interior. It's not even like against the best teams that have great front sevens. This is happening to every, in every essence, every single week. And I don't know what's going on. The fans are wondering what's going on. I tell you what, though, if they go down to Tampa Bay and lose this game, you will begin to hear two names, Bill Belichick, and Jim Harbaugh, despite this team going to the Super Bowl last year, the way the fan base is reacting to this de- this deficiency, the, those names will be called out, screamed, and shouted across the region. Well, the other thing is uh, the Eagles have a toxic fan base and a toxic media, I'm sorry to say, because honestly, the person who covers, I don't even say his name, who covers the Eagles for the Inquirer, the columnist, Okay, it's Marcus Hayes. I don't care. You know what? It's not like he's not going to know. I don't know him personally, but I've never seen anybody write about a team that he doesn't seem like he likes. He really doesn't seem like he likes the Eagles. So I think maybe some of once they started to struggle, some of the criticisms from the fan base and from the media maybe got into their heads because AJ and Darius Slay, we know, are both heavily on social media. Maybe not so much Devontae Smith and Kelsey and uh, Jalen Hurts, but AJ and Jalen are good friends. So I'm sure AJ was like, bro, you know what they're saying about you out here in these streets. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it it had to be yeah. something because Jalen seemed dispirited the entire season. It was more than just him kind of being even keel. He seemed dispirited and depressed. AJ, you know, is AJ. Wide receivers are going to be prima donnas. That's just how they roll. And usually the better ones are. And then Jason Kelsey, for all that he was publicizing himself and doing the podcast and this and that and the other, he just didn't seem like the same guy out there. So you got to wonder, and, and, and Nick Sirianni, honestly, the man looks like he hasn't slept since September. <laughs> you know, I don't know what is going on with him, but uh, I'm sure he's feeling the pressure of the hot seat. But at the end of the day, I think what you said earlier, Michael, is what makes Mike Tomlin so successful, whether people feel like he has 
does help the team or not get over the playoff hump. The reason why that team constantly can be at least successful enough to get to the playoffs in order to keep up his winning record is because he has the support of the organization. He's not going nowhere and he knows that. So he can act accordingly because you're not being fair to Mike Tom if you say that man had a quarterback. He really didn't. He did not. And, you know, to me, it harkens down to how, you know, this region has built its media. There's always been a lot of dissension, you know, when there is a quarterback controversy, it's trumpeted up. I think that they're trying to build a case for a quarterback controversy here, specifically Michael Barkan of of Comcast Sportsnet. You know, so these questions are beginning to be questioned. Is Jalen Hurst the guy is going to be asked if they lose this game versus Tampa Bay and he doesn't have a good game? 2024, the, the next season is looking so uncertain. You have older guys who might be on the way out. Like, I don't see how Jason Kelsey comes back after all this. Like, I don't either. Why, why he, he's given up his body, you know, for the last 15 years. <laughs> right. You know? He's getting to a point where, you know, I guess spiritually and mentally, he has to be very well on his way out. You know, so if you're going to have a leader like that going out of this locker room, it's really going to expose if you do not plug and play a better spirit around this team. Yeah, we've got to figure something out. We'll see how it goes in Tampa Bay. It's going to be interesting. Michael Tillery, our sports guy. Thank you so much for joining us on Reality Check today. We appreciate you. You're welcome, Tony. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.